Jamie Lawler. Yes, sir. What is Bua? Yeah, so you came in about five minutes ago and said, this is the topic today. <laughs> it's like the broadest possible topic, I, I, if you'll ask me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I think it's, like, I mean, so many things at this stage. Uh, like we're going into our 10th year yeah. and um, it's probably evolved a lot over the years and we've tried to make sure it's a lot of things at this stage. But, you know, essentially we boil it down, it's a gym, right? Yeah. I mean, it's where people come to get fit. <laughs> and um, that's like, but I also think it's a bit of an old school gym. Like when I think of it, yeah. like it's not, um, it's somewhere where people come to move with barbells and climbing ropes and rings and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Stuff that uh, insurance claims got rid of a long time ago. You know, back <laughs> in the day, it turned into those machines that no one can get hurt on. And yeah. No one needs to be educated about. So I always think it's still like, in my mind, it's still that gym back in the airside that was like concrete floors and cinder block walls. And there was very little equipment. And it was just a space to move around in and to work hard. So um, in my mind, it's still all that, like all of the, you know, the paint on the walls and the Alico gear and all that. It's all lovely. And I really like it. It is lovely to have. And it's the, the better tools are great. Um, but, you know, it's all nice to have. I think the essential part is still the people come in and want to work. The coach really wants to coach and everyone wants to get a good workout. So, I mean, at its core, it's just a gym, Yeah, you know, um, but a bit old school, I would say. I like what you said there. It's um, work hard, and we have a few T-shirts that members wear. Mm. And there's a big horse on the wall whenever you go into Santry, and that workhorse yeah. is yeah. a kind of a, a real symbolic attitude around that, isn't it? Yeah. So the workhorse thing. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much is cut on yet, right? <laughs> Honestly, I still see still people like looking at it going, "What's that about?" You know. <laughs> um, this is this is me in my head saying like. This, this is a bit of my OCD. I hate writing on walls. Yeah. In the gym. That. I don't like big slogans and I don't like loads of words everywhere. Right. So um, I've resisted that. I like a nice clean, like no clutter. Let's stay focused on the movement sort of the place. Right. Yeah. So I do like symbols though. And I thought, do you know something? I, you know, I love animals overall. I thought, well, what's an animal that would really symbolize what we are? Right. Now, the horse thing keeps coming up because um, there's a bit of like we were in Punchestown, right, for Filton 50. Yeah. And um, over the years, horses have come up, different themes have come up over the years, and it kept just cropping up. And I thought, well, you know, they're big, strong animals who can also bloody move. Mm-hmm. So I like that. right? And then I also thought, what kind of horse? Like, we're not show horses. We're not places with loads, like, loads of mirrors. It's not an aesthetic gym. Like it's, it's not what it's about. We we don't we don't have the conversations around everybody looking a certain way and cutting and all that sort of stuff. It's not what I'm about. I don't give a shit about it, honestly. So um it's always when I think of horses, I think of those big draft horses that will just work, outwork everything. Yeah. Um, so I started reading about them. Another thing I really liked about a draft horse, which I'd never read before, is that what makes them so suitable to work is their patience. They're really patient animals. Wow. So you can bring them along to something. They'll like drag a big cart or something somewhere, but then they'll wait for five hours and don't piss anyone off. They won't be throwing tantrums. They won't be looking for attention. They'll just wait and then do the work. Right? So I just thought the humble side of it, mm-hmm. like there's, it starts looking like, okay, so here is a, here is a, our values are wrapped up in a bit of a symbol. 
Um, right. So that's the idea. Um, I guess, you know, in my sport growing up, I was never the most talented. So I just, I just work hard as hard as I could, mm-hmm. you know? So as a gym, I would love a gym that just is the hardest working gym around. And then whatever talent comes through is brilliant. And you know, layered on top of hard work, Hello. Uh, you can't beat it. So yeah. yeah, so the hard work thing is giant for me. Um, and so I think that, that symbol of the workhorse, the draft horse um, is a big one. Then I love that. Um, you touched on it there, humble. It's one of the values in Google, mm. right? Mm. Um, what are the other ones? What do they mean? So, so the, the, yeah, the humble thing, like, I don't know. This, uh, maybe, maybe it's a bit of underconfidence on my part growing up, right? I've just, just been generally underconfident. So I end up being quiet and in the background all the time. Um, and I've always really had a bit of a reaction to really arrogant people. I thought, do you know something? I wouldn't like to be in a gym full of arrogant people. Mm. So let's build an environment where humility thrives. And then, you know, as you get into coaching people and trying to educate people, arrogance becomes a huge obstacle. Mm. And as a coach, when you're going to coach somebody, uh, having obstacles in a way is exhausting. So you've got you've got battles to fight. Um, Whereas when you've got an environment where everyone's really open to it, now you're open, you're like, it's so easy and it's such a joy to do. And people are there with the mindset to grow and to learn. Um, that you know, once we once we start figuring that we have all the answers, or that the answers we have are the best ones, and uh, we there's a natural resistance to learning. And yeah. so uh, I think it's something we have to work at all the time. I have to work at it all the time as well. I've noticed my own arrogance in different areas creeping in, and I have to go, hold on. If I'm preaching this, I have to yeah. knock down the barriers. Um, like it only happened this week in the program. I mean, I had a little moment of arrogance, and I had to go and call someone and apologize for it. Like it happens to us all. Like it's a normal human thing. Right? But um, it comes especially whenever you've done something for so long. And there's clear success from it. Like you said, mm. you had your first CrossFit gym in Airside 10 years ago. Mm. You've been programming. You've programmed for individuals, for gyms, for Filthy 150. And you get great feedback. That was brilliant. Mm. Loved it. I love Filthy 150. Every time I've done it. Mm. And everyone does. And it's hard to, I imagine it's very hard to balance that with going, do you know what? Yeah, I am good. And also going, how can I be better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and I guess like you're good at that, right? For instance, because I know you've got confidence in your coaching. Yeah. But then you're also very conscious about saying, yeah, but I also have to stay open to new stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, it's something that I work on as well. But it's in little moments mm-hmm. when we're, uh, you know, when maybe we're tired or in a hurry or we've just we just let our arrogance come through and we just reject something yeah. or a bit like yeah, whatever, like. I already know this shit, you know. <laughs> and it's it's a brutal thing. It's, yeah. it's terrible. I was I was like, oh, what the hell was that about? You know. Um, so I, I don't know. We're, we're not perfect, so you, you have to recognize it and just try and not let it happen again. Yeah. What are the other values? Humble. And so humble, hungry is one we talked about. It's that work bit, yeah. right? Uh, and then the happy bit. You know, this one <laughs> honestly, I always struggle with it personally because um, as soon as I hear it, I go. It's too fluffy. It's too general. 
and sure, what the hell is that about? But then, like a moment later, I go, what the hell are we trying to do if we're not trying to be happy in yes. life? Like this is a, this is a, I think should be a part of everyone's life that is a real positive part. Yeah, we all have hard bits and we all have bits that are a bit just neutral. And then we've got this really great bits of like, this should be one of them. If I'm not trying to be happy with hell. I think it's a good goal, right? Um, but I also think about what's behind it and the relationship side. And it's my favorite bit of the whole thing. 100%. And it, I think everyone will say that, right? Yeah. Like n- nobody will say, oh, it's the muscles. It's, it's the people. Yeah. Like we show up every day because someone's going to be there that we can hang out or we know when we get there there's going to be a gang of people that we're going to have some fun yeah we're going to get you know a bit of connection today uh, and it's in a social way so um you know it's really rooted in the relationships and you know the deathbed research shows that right people who are dying say it's the relationships that count at the end of the day when you look back so um you know and they're not always easy it's not always you know smiling and, and happy but um it's the most valuable stuff. It's the most meaningful stuff. Uh, the, the other side of the happy then is uh, like shit things happen all the time. So it's to try and stop myself and moaning about things that are not really that bad. You know, the recreational complaint. We, we've, we've done, you know, complaint free challenges at the gym and that. And they're really interesting because you just realize how much we just do it out of default. Yeah. We're we're moany moany people <laughs> in general. Yeah, as a culture in Ireland, we one hundred percent are. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a social tool. Like yeah. we come in and we say, "Man, I'm so tired." Yeah, it's, it's too warm. Too, it's too bloody warm. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It is. <laughs> it, it is too, too warm. warm. Yeah. We're not allowed to moan about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's the, the, yeah. I think you know the unnecessary recreational negativity yeah. is. I always think like the values. They're, they're good for creating something that we really want, but they're also good for helping us put out stuff that are, you know, are holding us back. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a gym, but it's also somewhere that we should go to grow as people. Yeah. Um, my, my mother is a psychotherapist, right? And a lot of people in Bua will know her. Um, but she, she's talked to me a lot over the years about this idea of expansion, personal expansion. Like we have all of this space within ourselves to grow into Mm-hmm. and it's you know it's always hard there's always a bit of struggle but really that's what we're hard hardwired for is to expand into our potential yeah and uh i think Bua should be somewhere that that's get that gets accelerated dialed up to 200 that all of that stuff happens yeah an awful lot um so why was i talking about that um yeah because you know the values kind of stop us you know, holding ourselves back with behaviors that are not are not helping that. Yeah. Well that's something I've I've kind of followed you in the background for a long time. And it's something I always kind of got a vibe on whenever I was first starting out on my personal growth journey. I hate even using those <laughs> words, but like I got that vibe definitely from you and from CrossFit Swords at the time on Boo and I. It's it's we can use the gym as a platform to push boundaries and start to challenge ourselves and then transcend that into our personal relationships, work relationships, how we perform at work and all of that. And then I'm in a real fortunate position of where I can have all those things in one little circle in Bua and it can directly expand out of that. So whenever I go to the gym, I train there, 
I work there and I socialize there. It's deadly. And it's like, if I'm doing it wrong in one position, I can get real instant feedback, which is hard because hmm. instant feedback sucks hmm. normally. Like, except when people go, well, you're great. And you're like, yeah, but that's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever you kind of get into that journey of personal growth, you're like, yeah, but give me more. Hmm. Don't tell me I'm great. I already think I'm great. Ego, everyone's ego tells them they're fantastic. Yeah. So that growth is really, really big. Something you touched on there, and I want to dive into it, and it's another reason I followed you and Bua for a long time, is coaching. Hmm. So you said, the first question was, what is Bua? And you said it's a gym. Um, and I think that's a little bit limiting in mm. what it is because it's somewhere where people go not just to do fitness and do fancy exercises and stuff, but to get coached. Mm. What does that mean to you? What's coaching? Man, the broad questions today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, autonomy to go wherever you want with it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'd say, you know, it's it's just really support, isn't it? Like, it, you show up at the gym because you've got something that you want to change. You're like, I, I, I want to do something. I want to be something different than I am now. Uh, and then the coach is the person who is there with you to support you along the way. So um, I think... With that, then the coach has to have a few things. They need to have a supportive personality. They need to want to be on your side. That's the big thing. Yeah. Um, and if they're there for the wrong reasons, and we see coaches who are in the job for the wrong reason all the time, they're there for themselves to get better um, and not for the person. Uh, I think the motivation has to be there. That's what all I care about is this person getting better. Yeah. Now, you definitely get massive personal reward as a coach when it happens. Yeah. So it's not a selfless thing, right? It's a, there's a selfish element to it. Yeah. But that has to be the, the main driver, I think. Then along with the, with the personalities that want to help, you need to have expertise. Mm. You need to know enough that you can um, guide people along the path. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, where it's like if I took up um, dancing tomorrow, I'd have no idea where to go. I can imagine, yeah. Do you <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. And I'd need somebody to say, uh, you know, to narrow things down and say that way. Um, and as soon as I veer off path, because it would happen almost instantly, it's pulling me back on. So I think the coach is, like, we love to coach, but it's really for the people in front of us to make sure that we're guiding them along the quickest path, the most direct path to where they want to go and make it as enjoyable as possible along yeah. the way. You know? um, it's also a little bit of like, autonomy like you're giving them autonomy yeah so big goal is to say can i educate 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 so when they go off on holidays they're going to be the best mover in the room and they're confident that what they're doing is valuable they're not wondering am i doing this right yeah so um a lot of the you know what we call a warm-up at Bua isn't is really the, the practice and learning bit so that as you go forward into life and if you leave Boo someday and go off somewhere else that you take all of these skills with you that will be useful you know um like i think about if we're teaching you how to get off the floor in a burpee we're teaching you how to get off the floor when you're eating when you take the fall right yeah where to put the hand how to stabilize the shoulder you know but yeah all that sort of stuff it's it's the learning of the body how it works yeah i think is a giant part of the coach um, and then i would say there's also a like a 
as coaches, we can be get a bit sniffy about the, about the cheerleader, motivator, Mr. Motivator side, because everyone can do a bit of that. But it's part of our job. 100%. You know, the motivator. I'm glad you said like, that. I wanted to talk to you about that. Right. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Because, you know, as coaches get more educated, they can be a little bit uh, academic about it and standing around saying, I'm not a cheerleader, I'm an educator. It's a bit, you know, it's like, yeah, but also, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not the limiting factor for a lot of people. The limiting factor is they need someone to energize them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I walk in, um, when I walk through the car park and I hear Christopher's voice, boom, lifting the roof off the yeah, place. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you can't help a work in there today. Yeah, you're kind of diving in quickly to see what part <laughs> of the work it is. Yeah. On today. Do you know, like like that that side of it is is another big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and every coach has their biases and they need to work on some areas. And just, but we're always working on trying to get as good as we can out of them all. Yeah, I love it. There's a couple of avenues we could go down here. I kind of, from a real selfish perspective, I'm going to pick. You mentioned, like you spoke about the the empathy and understanding, and then you kind of went straight away to expert knowledge. Mm. And it immediately made me think of the interview I did for my application for BUA. Mm. And you have those eight yeah. skills, the attributes, of a, attributes coach. of a coach. There we go. And you asked me to label them one to eight in order of importance. And it's a trick question because they're all equally important. <laughs> Where did you get that from? And what do you... What do you use it for? What do you deduct from it whenever you give that out? Um, so uh, the thinking behind it was, I need to get a layer below the prepared answers. Nice. So because everybody comes in with the with the right things to say in an interview, mm-hmm. and they should, they're prepared, mm-hmm. and we want that, right? But then there's that, like, what well, what do you really think? And the list is there to really spark a conversation. And we've hired people who've had almost opposite lists. Like it, there's no like I'm not looking for a formula. What I'm looking for is well, why you think why did that go into number one and that go to number two? Like, and can I can I change your mind on it? You know, like we've had we yeah, have a debate like, those conversations. Yeah, in the interview we have a debate. So it's it's a rationale. Like, first of all, are they thinking about these things? Are they thinking about their role as a as a coach, or are they just have they just fallen into it and they just like the gym? Or are you really thinking a bit a layer deeper than what do I what do I have to do for people in my job? And then there's also um, is there is there a thinking going on behind it, an ongoing, and can we have a conversation? And can you change your mind? Because I change my mind all the time, honestly. Yeah. Like I could probably do it tomorrow. I could find an all this and it'd be different. But if I can give a rationale, we're happy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes we learn that someone has a rationale and they don't fit. Do you know what I mean? Like that rationale is sound. That all makes sense. And it's quite obvious that they wouldn't like working here. Wow. And we wouldn't get on very well in a professional right setting. So uh because just their emphasis is somewhere else. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's very useful. It's definitely very useful. Um and it's a bit uncomfortable for the person. How, how did you find it? Interesting. I well. I don't know if you remember, but I wrote two lists. <laughs> <laughs> I cheated the game where I labeled it like I had the communication, I think, as number one and expert knowledge as last, like communication and empathy, I think, were at the top. And then I completely reversed it where I had like expert knowledge and safety at the top and then communicator and stuff at the bottom. 
and I, I remember telling you and Christopher about this, and I was kind of scratching my head, going, "This is this is ridiculous," because you could label all of them one, which is the point. Mm. But at the time, I was like stressing about. It. Mm. I thought it was real hard, and I because I have dived into this stuff personally, mm. I knew what you were getting at, and then I was trying to like. I I was thinking, do I play the game here? And think, what would Jimmy want me to say? Mm. Or do I just answer it honestly? And I went with it honestly. Mm. And that's why I had two lists, because I couldn't decide <laughs> at all. Yeah. But it's a real, that's why I wanted to ask you about it. And I spoke to Christopher about it this week. It's a real interesting way to go about things. And I love it. Yeah, well, let me tell you, Christopher did it. And in his interview, this is, this is way back, I don't know. In the 2000s, I don't know when it joined, <laughs> but uh, he, he did that the same list. And uh, <laughs> I came back in after five minutes because we give everyone five minutes to think about it. Yeah, and uh, I came back in, he's like, he's sweating, he is sweating. <laughs> he's looking at me, he's just nodding his head, going, No, sorry, I got like none done. So I said, Right, give another five. I came back in after seven minutes, and uh, so it was 12 minutes. Is that he's like, I've no idea. So, wow. and at that stage, he had scribbled, he had crossed things out, he'd done everything. But honestly, that's someone that gives a shit. Yeah. Like they care. And everything is is too important to put too low down the list, right? And that's the problem. Yeah. Like I'm not putting that down the bottom list. Yeah. That's that some days that's my level, that's my number one. Yeah. 100 uh, percent So even just the like I could see the, the genuine agonizing over it, that tells you something as well. Yeah. Something, you know, that speaks its own volume. So uh, I think it's an interesting one. For sure, um, and and I love doing that bit because I get to know the person in that. Instantly, yeah, cool. So whenever you're looking to hire people at the minute, right? Yeah. yeah whenever yeah. you're doing that, what's what's on your list personally for someone who wants to, from the outside, like me who hasn't worked here, hadn't trained here. Yeah. What sort of attributes then are you looking for for someone to come in and join the team? So we've always had the same very straight philosophy. And I, and I actually, this is when I was over at Bergeron, he talked about hiring for a lot because it's such a giant component. Yeah. And he, he gave me a book that, that day, go and read that book. It'll sort out your hiring forever. I went back from their day one of that um, course I did with them and read that book that night. Mm-hmm. And I'm a slow ass reader. <laughs> <laughs> I am so slow. I read a book at three months, every three months. Oh, wow. I am brutal. Love reading, but I'm so slow. Puts me asleep. Yeah. Right. So I said, I'm going to dive into this. I want to have it ready for tomorrow so I can ask questions. Read it and I was like, this makes complete sense. And it really, uh, it's about hiring for um, the person first. I was going to summarize it. And for the job skills second. Right, so we need right people, and then we upskill them. And um, when I'm thinking about that, with Boo, well, who's going to fit in the team? Who's going to? Will you? Who are the people who train there going to respond to most? And then there's this other piece of like the gym has grown and it will continue to grow because we are on a path to excellence that's our drive and we're very driven we're not a like lifestyle business where we're hanging out and let's see what happens we drive and we're demanding of ourselves we're demanding of each other it's not the easiest place to work like it's not easy you'd probably testify to that right yeah like it's not terrible i hope (laughs) (laughs) 
but it's also not easy. Yeah. Like, uh, because I, I like when things are hard. That's, that's just me. I take the hard road all the time, sometimes to my detriment, right? But I also need to know that the person coming in is ready for the hard road because they'll just, they'll just be destroyed by it. They'll, they'll be just annoyed all the time. They'll just be tired all the time. And it's exhausting. If you want, if you're a hard driver for success, you'll love that. Yeah. You'll be like, give me more, yeah. load it up. And that's what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. You're in there, give me more. Here you are doing a podcast. Chasing you. Right? Chasing, chasing. Yeah, exactly. When can I get time? Because that's what's needed. Yeah. Right? So in the interview, we're looking for those, for, for, for a person who will thrive in the environment. And then they need to coach, but they just need to get it. Yeah. Like there's people who really get it and you know they'll learn fast. And then there are people who also don't get it and it's going to take them longer. Um, and sometimes we don't have the time, right? So um, I actually, I, I know a good friend of mine, uh, Kevin, he's, he's been a huge help to me over the years. Uh, he, he's like a big HR director, big companies. And he pointed out something to me that culturally in the US, they tend to hire for the person and then upskill. In Europe, they tend to hire for competence and put up with the asshole. <laughs> right yeah so, so i didn't realize that there was even like those cultural differences different approaches and that was an interesting thing to learn for me it's like yeah. well and i've learned my approach in the u.s and here we are in europe right so that that's made me you know also take another perspective on it as well um is that hard which to fight against that to to accept that maybe someone coming into your business isn't actually good enough to coach yet but they will be in six weeks uh, but they're a good fit i tell you what i want i want to go around to every single member of the gym and give them a hug and just tell them listen stick, <laughs> stick with my promise give them a few weeks i promise they're going to be fucking amazing yes. i can see it but everybody has a new coach comes in everybody gets uncomfortable and looking at each other going really? i know yeah yeah exactly yeah it happens every time Mm. like and and every coach who worked who who currently coached it will probably tell you that story the first few weeks you know they had to tough it out Mm -hmm. uh so it's, it's not easy for the coach it's not easy for everybody in the class but honestly it's uh i always think that there's two ways of looking at it you can you can be a member of the gym and look at it kind of negatively mm-hmm. and be like, oh, they're not the same as that other person who I like. But that other person you like was somebody in those shoes a few months ago, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And now they've gotten this amazing coach. That person is going to be another amazing coach. And then you've got like this team of like, like we're going to be like 14 coaches soon. There's a team of people thinking about you. Yeah. And we talk to each other about individuals all the time mm-hmm. and what they need. And when you've got a team of people looking after you, it's just way quicker, way better. Everything gets dialed up. So, um, so everybody, uh, you know, in fairness to everyone at Bua, they've been so good to the new coaches. Everybody has patience, give them space to find their feet. Uh, and I, I actually love that about the place yeah. because I know it's hard. Like everyone has to keep their thoughts to themselves for a few weeks to, you know, because they're like, okay, I've got to trust it. Yeah, and then and then it's okay. No, we're all good here. We're all good. Mm. So it is hard, um, but I like when I hire a person, I know they're going to be fine. It's more that are the people going to be fine in front of them for the first few weeks. Yeah. I love it. Um, you mentioned Ben Berger on there, and anyone in the CrossFit space, yeah. I'm sure he is. 
scrolling through your Instagram, you can see that you spent time with him, you spent time with Jason Kalipa, like these monsters in the CrossFit world who have successful businesses, what look like successful gyms, successful careers in fitness. How you, it's probably not a lot at the minute due to three gyms, but like how much time have you spent over the years trying to get better as a coach? Like how much of an emphasis has that been for you? Because mm. you spend a lot of time doing it now, like trying to get your coaches better. Mm. So did you put that same kind of... Yeah. Uh, so one of the reasons we spent so much time on coach development is because I didn't really get much, honestly. I did a lot. I, like I'm 21 years coaching. Wow. It's been really slow progress for me. <laughs> like I've, I've had to put a lot of time in to get to here, right? Yeah. And I see, I said this to Jack maybe 18 months ago. I said, man, you should be way better than me in two years. Like, yeah. let's fucking accelerate the process so that you're not waiting till you're 42 till you're, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It would be nice you're 24 yeah. and like a fucking world beater. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Then you're a young coach who can step into any gym and knock their socks off. How, how badass, right? So, uh, you know, because I didn't get it, I thought I would love to build a gym where everyone gets it all the time. And it, for me, it's a complete dream of a place like that, right? But now, now that it's here, most of the coaches hate me for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're hard sessions. It's difficult accelerating a natural process like that. It's uncomfortable as hell. It's uncomfortable for me doing it as well. Because I'm, I'm an empathizer and I'm looking at the person struggling and hating me and I have to just tough it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like coaching Stay silent and don't say anything. Is wait it, until they answer you. <laughs> oh, it gives me the chills thinking about it. <laughs> you know, all of that. You know, like it's, it's different coach coaching athletes. It's harder. It's mm. definitely harder. Because you're into someone's personal career development and you're trying to force them forward. Uh, and you're doing it for them, with them. But it's always hard for everybody. Right. Um, so I think it's uh, it's a giant part of what we do. It's probably going to be a bigger and bigger part of what I do as we go forward. Yeah. Um, so the reason I went to Bergeron and Khalifa is because I look at them, I say they're like they are the world class standards, and I can just buy a flight and get off. So why not spend time with them and see? Um, I'm, I'm I'm not a big academic. Like I'm not like take out the textbooks and look at the research every day. Um, when I hear research, my ears prick up and I dive into it here and there, but I'm not like a, an academic coach. I'm someone who likes to learn from people who are already excellent. So when I spend time with them, it changes me profoundly. I make a massive leap forward usually. Um, and like, like Doreen is, plays a huge part in this. Doreen has no respect for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, he does it on the gym. Just ring him and say, can you come over? And, you know, I, I would never have thought of that. And Doreen just says, just fucking here, send me an email. And I email and he gets back to me. Yeah. Can, I come to, can I come to work with you? For, yeah, yeah, come on. Like, right. you put these people on a pedestal. Yeah, and you think that, you know, there's layers below and they would never talk to me, that sort of stuff. And they do. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And they have courses set up for people like me who want to go and spend time with them. And I don't want to go and sit in a conference room and listen. I want to go and sit with them one-to-one or two-to-one and really get and see them in, in action. I think that's, that's giant. Yeah. So, yeah, when, when I feel like I'm not going to serve the coaches who I'm trying to develop, I have to take the lead forward. Yeah, and I get paranoid about that. So 
I try to get ahead of it. Yeah, yeah, love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting though. What you the way you describe Bergeron and Kalipa is kind of the way I look up to you, Christopher, as well. Ah, we just yeah, but really, like I, I told you before we started the podcast, I was excited for this because I previously did a podcast and you were on my list to have on it anyway. Yeah. And I reached out to you like three years ago, two years ago. It must have been yeah. the Christmas before lockdown. Like, can I come and just talk to you because I want to get better as a coach? Because I know you did coaches development mm. just from a real selfish perspective. And I thought the same thing. I was like, no way is this lad going to spend an hour with me on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. No chance. And he messaged me back straight away. And then I messed about and didn't come see you. But I'm here now. We got there. We got there. Cool. Um, you don't have to dive into details. You don't have to get real specific because <laughs> I like general answers. Right. But like, big picture, Bua. Mm. 10, 15, 20, 50 years from now. Mm. Uh, so the reason we've expanded is yeah. to do more interesting work. That's really simple. It's to do better, more interesting work. So um, my bet is that if we're a bigger organization, we can pay for more jobs for more interesting people who will drive the standard upwards more and more. And uh, so expansion is should facilitate better work, right? Yeah. Uh, I've had old school impressions of expansion of, you know, there's a fear and dilution and everything just gets worse because the big job or not, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's definitely trade-offs with, with size. It becomes a little slower, a little bit more, less agile. But I think the upside, my bet is that's going to be giant. And it's already proven that, like, we're already working with people who are more interesting and who are bringing in experiences that I've never had, that no one's ever had. And when they get a chance to develop that into the team, everyone's going to benefit. Like yeah. when you're on the floor coming to class, class is better, more fun, more educational, and we get results quicker. But then also all of the things that are difficult around training, like how can I eat better? How can I get my lifestyle better? How can I, do I have a space where I can go and relax as well as train all of those things become possible yeah. or become dialed up things that we're not doing very well at the moment frankly or stuff i want to get better at um i think will come from the expansion side so like do we expand further i have no idea um if that's what will make it better that's what we'll do if we need to shrink it back down to make it better we'll do that but better is always the goal it's just better unreal what a way to finish i love it podcast number one in the books thanks james